I would like for you to go with me to Isaiah the 30th chapter and while you're going there a special thank you to Austin Chadwick who is a phenomenal young man that I am proud to be a spiritual father over the past several months Austin has been faithful every Sunday at 2 o'clock to, to podcast our sermon whoever preaches on Sunday morning their message is podcast every Sunday at 2 o'clock in 2011 there were over 6 thousand touches to our Facebook that means 6,000 people went to the, the podcast and heard part or all of Sunday morning's message and how cool is that look at some say how cool is that and Austin was so so good and he got some he got some comments got some inputs from others but but Austin put together five CDs entitled Facebook's finest and he put them in a set that you can purchase them, you can give them away, you can reproduce them, you can do anything you want with them. Pastor Ron and I have an acquaintance in Sweetwater that from 20 some odd years ago till today, he has claimed that he has recorded and given away the Eagle Sermon over 20,000 times. What a compliment, what a compliment the Word of God would go out 20 years later with still being copied and being shared around the world. So uh, be, be in prayer for our Facebook congregation. I know there are several that see Facebook as a negative. I do not. God has used me on several occasions to have a positive word, a word of blessing, or a word of encouragement, or just letting somebody know that we're thinking about them, praying for them. Uh, last month, every day, I posted a, a course and a verse from the Red Book Hymnal. From the Red, How many remember the Red Hymnal? I remember Amazing Grace, the old rugged cross, and meeting in the air. And what a victory in Jesus, page 120. That's page 120. Uh, Amazing Grace was 57. How scary is that, that we grew up, and every, every hymn seems to have the entire gospel in the three verses in the chorus, and how, how faithful God has been to bless us with music and, and to bless our lives. But as you go to Isaiah, the 30th chapter, uh, Pastor Rhonda brought this passage of Scripture to my attention she also told me and pastor Rhonda never never tells jokes you got it you understand that when she tells a joke it is it is like rare it's like you want to sit down and listen to it and so she shared the joke last night about a housewife with children gets a knock at the door and goes to the door to see two police officers standing at the door and she looked at the officer and said may I help you and the officers asked her, are you married? She said, yes, I am. And the officer said, may we see a picture of your husband? So she went on the mantle, brought back a picture. The officer looked at it and said to, to the housewife, it looks like your husband got run over by a Mack truck. And she said, yes, but he's a good dad and has a great personality. <laughs> now, if you didn't get it, don't worry about it. I'll explain later in detail the purpose and the the thrust of that of that of that joke in Isaiah and and something happened a couple of days ago that just grossed me out I mean I mean it really did I have a real touchy stomach and I don't know if you've ever been around me but I, I I get I get freaked out very 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 easily but I was watching Spike and Spike had I don't know what Spike had eaten but it did not disagree with his stomach so he proceeded to throw it up what's nice about spike you never have to go clean it up because in a few minutes afterwards spike will go and return to his vomit and he will he will eat it in its, in its entirety 
and I was watching Spike and I was thinking how gross I mean come on is that not one of the grossest things that you've ever seen or thought about and I hate to gross you out on this beautiful Sunday morning but Isaiah the third chapter talks about a generation of people that after tasting the goodness and the favor of God decide to go back to Egypt when God brought them out of Egypt he fed them as you know with manna from heaven with quail from heaven he allowed fresh water to follow them and then he took them into the land of milk and honey and you heard this all the all 12 the spies said it really is a land of abundance it is a land of prosperity but there were there were those in that came out of Egypt that told Moses we want to go back to Egypt we miss the leeks and the cucumbers now most of you probably don't know what a leek is but it's like a collard green and you pluck it and you boil it and you eat it and it doesn't have a lot of personality like a turnip green or a mustard green it's kind of just bland it has no taste whatsoever and cucumbers can be boring I mean there's only certain ways that you can serve cucumbers and after that it gets stale and it gets old but there are people in life that after tasting the goodness of God for some reason decide that they want to go back to the very pit the very hole the very hell that God delivered them out of and I will never understand that or never probably be able to explain it but in this chapter of Isaiah 30 that talks about them wanting to go back to Egypt instead of trusting in the quietness and the assurance of God they want to trust in the horses of Egypt and the things of Egypt and the wealth of, of Egypt and God allows those that want to do that he allows them to return to their vomit he allows them to backslide if you understand that theological term he allows them to quit doing what they're doing quit going forward as they're going forward and then going back to things of old it is so important and if if you've been around us very much you will understand our testimony my testimony was I was a preacher's kid and I was a rat because I hung out with the deacon's kids everything I learned I learned from a deacon's kid pastor Rhonda lived a life without any of that junk any of that garbage and now as she serves the Lord there's a lot of stuff in her mind that she does not have to deal with but being I've been saved now longer than I've been in the world but there are still things in the world that I that I that I deal with and there are places I wish I had never gone there are movies I wish I had never seen there were parties I wish I'd never visited there are drugs I put in my body I wish I had never put them in my body but God raises up a standard in the last days that say if you never smoke if you never drink if you never party then later in life you'll never have to deal with that and you'll be even stronger in the things of God does that make sense so we have we have a we have a a, a pendulum here that goes either way regardless of how far you were in the world God came to where you were lifted you out of the miry clay set you on a rock put a new song in your mouth gave you a testimony that now that you're a blessing but the greatest testimony a person could ever have is not to say I spent the night in jail it's not to say that I sold hashish and cocaine it's not to say that I shot bleach that's not the greatest testimony the greatest testimony a person could ever have is to say I never smoked pot I never drank beer I never touched a cigarette all my life I've lived for the glory of God and can we give the Lord a hang up of praise because there are those in this house that have that testimony in Isaiah 30 the 32nd chapter and as I I shared Monday Sunday night and Monday night on the aspects of worship I set on my glasses before I came to church that's why they're crooked and if you'd like to buy me a pair these are a dollar 25 at the dollar general I go magnification 250 
and the wilder the better. Don't bring me any normal glasses, any patsy glasses. And, and if it looked gay, I'm in touch with my feminine side. I don't have a problem with any of that. So there you have it. In verse 32, And in every place where the grounded staff shall pass, somebody say shepherd, which the Lord shall lay upon him, everybody say destiny, it shall be with tabrets and harps, and in battles of shaking will he fight with it. Every place the ministry of the shepherd is effective, your destiny will be realized, grasped, and pursued. And in the ministry of worship, God will battle your enemy and shake your enemy until your enemy is devoured. If you don't get anything else today, realize this. The Lord is our shepherd, and we place ourselves under his covering. Pastor Jeff said it so well this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who healeth all thy diseases, who forgiveth all thy sins, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Look at somebody and say, those are all good things. And as we step into a season of change, uh, I don't know how aware you are that the past couple of weeks our president has said some very foolish things and has trashed a thing very sacred called our Bible and has tried to get the church to pay for abortion, a lot of things that have just, you never would have thought that, that we would have never entertained some of these things that we're going through right now. But I'm here to tell you that God is in control and God is bringing a spirit of change to our nation. Things are getting ready to change. God is getting ready to do some things of change. I found a prophetic word that was shared uh, with this house several years ago. And I, I just want to share just a few things from this prophetic word, if I may. Um, as a pastor that came, he ministered, was blessed by the church, loves us, respects us, uh, unexpected harvest. And then he, he shares the word of the Lord coming from Leviticus 26 and 10. And you shall eat the abundant old store of produce, long kept, and clear out the old to make room for the new. Look at someone and say, I would love to clear out my closets so I can get new stuff in my closet. I love to clean out my cabinets so I can get some new stuff in my cabinets. I would love to give away all my old CDs so that I get some new CDs. I would, I would love to get rid of some junk so I can get some treasure. Pastor, I believe you and the church are about to experience some new things. I believe that is the reason some old things have been cleared out. This is the time for you to expect new people, ministry, new and refreshed vision. The hand of the favor of the Lord is upon both of you, and I'm very excited to see what all God is preparing you for. Just know I'm praying and speaking in agreement with you. I love that. I love that word that, that was shared. I love, I love him sharing that with me. And I like what Isaiah talks about when he talks about praise and worship, that there is power in music. We watched yesterday as several icons, as several of what the world would consider some of the greatest musicians. Stevie Wonder was playing yesterday, and I thought to myself, Stevie Wonder has nothing on Jeff Coover. I mean, Jeff Coover's a black man trapped in a white man's body that traveled his whole life around black people, and he plays black, all the chords. He plays all the black keys. It's, it's amazing how God has blessed him. It's also amazing how powerful that music is. And when I think about music, I think about sometimes the music of the world compared to the music of God. 
and I came, a list, I came upon a list of some country western music and Pastor Rhonda will tell you that 27 years ago I made the statement if you play country music backwards you get your dog back your truck back your wife back hello and, and, and I, I, I preached that for years and years and somebody must have got one of my sermons and wrote a song about playing country western music backwards but I want to uh, this morning as we got in the car I, we actually drove to church together how cool is that we drove to church and we got in the car I made sure the radio station was on her favorite praise and worship station because usually when she gets in the car it's on 106.5 now how many knows what 106.5 is they've been doing rock and roll since 1978 and usually I got it playing I got it rocking but this morning I want to set just the right ambiance so that Pastor Rhonda would be blessed but I got to thinking about some of the music that some of you may have listened to to on the way to uh, church today and here's a country western song entitled how can a whiskey six years old whip a man that's 32 here's a song that says if you keep checking up on me i'm going to check out on you oh here's one you're going to love our marriage was a failure but our divorce isn't working either here's one that says don't tell me you're sorry i know how sorry you are Here's one that says, I can still hear the music in the restroom, but they can't see the hurt that's on my face. My wife ran off with my best friend, and I sure do miss him. Mac, here's a, here's a uh, Mac Davis song. I'm going to put a bar in my car and drive myself to drink. And here's one that says, when I'm alone, I'm in bad company. Hello. And last but not least, I wouldn't take you to a dogfight, even if I thought you could win. So we, so we see there's a lot of thought and a lot of effort going into, into the music today. But aren't you glad that there's a different style of music that we can begin to worship God and we can begin to praise God and we can bring God to where we're at and we can build a place for God to sit that he's comfortable, that he feels like he's where he belongs. I know there are many churches in this county. There's over 300 churches in this county and his name is on, on the doors of the, of the churches. But I wonder how many churches God goes by. His name is there. His people are gathered there. But there's absolutely no worship. There's absolutely no praise. When Lucifer was created, the Bible said he was created perfect in all of his ways. The Bible says the workmanship of the tabrets and the pipes was prepared in him in the day he was created. That word, that word workmanship there deals with the very beat of music. Lucifer was the choir director of heaven. Every time he opened his mouth, music came forth. Every time he walked, there were symbols. He was a walking rhythm section. And we know he led one-third of the angels in praise and worship to God. But he saw the power of music. He saw what music could do. And he led a rebellion to try to turn things against God. God cast him out of his presence. He fell upon the earth with one-third of the angels and has been accusing the brethren ever since. He is a liar, he's a loser, and nothing he says is accurate. But it does not change the fact that there is something powerful about music. I received a very unusual text Friday, actually Saturday morning at 2.43, and it was from an 18-year-old young lady that had ex been experiencing with, with some drugs, had been ex experiencing with ecstasy and cocaine. She is now clean. She's, she does not have that anymore in her life. But she texted me at 2.43 Saturday morning and said, hey, I didn't mean to wake you up, but I'm afraid. There, there, there's, there's, things, there's things going on. I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid. And so the day got a little, little older, and I called her, and I said, tell me what you feel. Tell me what you're going through. And she told me at 
321 or 331 that she'd been waking up every night and, and she didn't know what to do and I said well you know Jeremiah 3 and 33 says call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things thou knowest not uh, the, the Bible says you shall have a song in the night in the night vision God woke up Daniel he began to write things that were going to happen 4,000 years later I said there's just a possibility it might be God waking you up and you're uncomfortable with the presence of God and you don't understand it so here's what I want you to do I want you to text me your address because I've got two things I want to sow in your life one of the things that's been very frequent in our house on our sound system is Pastor Jeff's songs of of, of worship on the piano I don't know if you don't if you don't have it you need to get it we've been playing that we have a good friend that went to a great deal of trouble to put all the healing scriptures on CD Pastor Billy Burke reads all the songs with some Catherine Coleman evangelistic music playing in the background and I told her I said I'm going to send you these two tapes and I want you at 10 o'clock at night to put this music in and let the house fill with the glory of God and the presence of God I said David used music to the degree that it drove off demonic spirits and it dealt with frustration and doubt and confusion and fear I'm preaching better than you're waving at that's okay but aren't you glad that God has equipped us with the power of music that we're able to rejoice in him praise him worship him the man of God they asked the man of God do you have a word from the Lord he says you have a song let me tell you something a word will always follow a song anytime there's anointed music someone's going to be anointed to share a word I loved it yesterday when Mar Marvin uh, Wine is that his name with no piano with no help he just sit, starts singing a cappella and all of a sudden 1500 people that knew this song begin to sing with him and you could feel to the television the power of God come in that living room it's amazing what God will do if you allow him to do it he is an amazing God I said he is an amazing God we sang this morning how great is our God I wish we'd have gone into the tag that says then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art can I tell you that is an understatement my message this morning is brief it's to the point and it's entitled can God look at somebody and say can God and I want you to look it back and say God can I went through the Word of God and had a little fun this morning as I was writing some things down. The ink is still wet on this paper. That's how fresh this is just for you this morning. And I just want to ask the question, can God? God can. Put an air-conditioned unit in a fiery furnace to bless the evangelist. Can God? God can. He can turn a well into a motel to make accommodations for his preacher. Can God? God can. He could put a jawbone of a mule in a man's hand and slay a thousand of the enemy. Can God? God can. God can allow a donkey to speak perfect Hebrew to give directions to a new nation. Can God? God can. He can use a raven to feed a prophet that would do away with the famine and bring God's presence. Can God? God can. He can bless the womb of a nine-year-old woman to birth the nation. Can God? God can. He can breathe on the womb of a 17-year-old teenager to birth a Messiah. Can God? God can. God would the drugstore slingshot can, can kill a 13 foot giant with just power of praise can God God can God can blind an assassin on the road to Damascus to convert a writer to write the New Testament can God God can he can put a cross on Calvary and redeem the world can God God can he can prophesy to a man four days old and say Lazarus come forth and Lazarus would can God God can God can allow a dead man to fall in the bones of a dead prophet and bring forth life and energy someone praise the Lord with me can God God can he can feed a multitude with just a few pieces 
Jesus a wonder bread? Can God, God can. God can feed a nation with angel food cake. Can God, God can. He can build a road in the wilderness. He can make a way in the, in the desert. Can God, God can. He can step out on nothing, speak to nothing, command it to be something, call it the earth, throw it out there in the middle of nowhere and command it to stay there until further notice. Can God, can God. He can clothe the earth with the land, sea, and sky. He can clothe the saint with the garment of the most high. Moses asked, is there anything too hard for thee? Jeremiah said, oh Lord, there's nothing too hard for thee. Can God? God can. Oh, someone give him a hand clap of praise. Romans 8 and 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, famine, neckness, peril, or sword? As is written, we are killed all the day long. We're counted sheep for the slaughter. Nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things spread, nor things that come, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. What a mouthful. I said, what a mouthful. But let me focus on just one part of that mouthful. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, I like the thought of being a conqueror. I love the, the movie, The Hammer of Thor. I love the fact that Thor did away with all the enemy and he was a champion. I like all the movies where the bad guy loses and the good guy wins. I just, I just like stuff like that. I like the back of the book where it says that we're going to inherit a tree of life and we're going to live in the presence of God forever and the lion's going to lay down with the lamb. I love all that. But when the word of God says that we're more than a conqueror, it almost seems like Holy Spirit is nudging us to tell us to look at the, at the text and realize how can you be more than a conqueror? Well, what Jesus did in his ministry, he used illustrations and he used life issues to bring clarity. When he talked about a sower, we understood what he had to say. When he talked about the things of God, we understood what he had to say because he compared things. So today... I just want to make an observation, and I want to just let you know that today, Rick, wait your hand, Rick. Rick is the welterweight boxing champion of America. He has defeated every opponent. He has won every bout. He has not. He has never been knocked out. He has 17 knockouts to his name. He is the. He is America's greatest. Can we? And and Gene is just his precious wife that hangs out with him and. And loves him and stays, and stays with him. He's, he's bad to the bone. He is a conqueror. All of a sudden, Rick gets a phone call from the embassy of Russia that they challenge him to a 15-round winner-take-all. The purse is a million dollars, and the champion of Russia has challenged the champion of America to 15 rounds on, on the, in the boxing ring. Rick asks his wife if it's okay. She gives him permission. He accepts the challenge. Rick gets in the boxing ring with the greatest boxer in Russia. This guy has knocked out 17 or 18. He's bad to the bone. Round after round, they pound one another. They pummel one another. They beat one another. It looks like a time or two, Rick went down, but he came right back up, and he jabbed, and he dodged, and he danced. And in the closing seconds of the 15th round, he knocked the champion of Russia out, hit the mat, down for the count. The referee lifts Rick's hand and says, you're the champion of the world. Isn't that a great story? The moderator walks up and gives Rick a check for a million dollars. 
He is the conqueror. Rick promptly turns to his wife, who did not do a push-up, who did not jump rope, punched no bag, went on no, no diet. The, the conqueror gave Gina the check. At that part of her life, that time in her life, she became more than a conqueror. He, the conqueror, gave her the check, but she got to spend it. May I tell you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth left the kingdom of glory, came to earth, and got the boxing ring with the devil. There are a few times when it looked like he was out on the third day. He rose and resurrected as a conqueror. And now he says, all power both in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You go in my name. You do great things, great exploits. What a great word. Pastor Jeff, help me. I'm done. I'm hungry. We're headed to Aubrey's. Can God? God can. When I look at Elise today, if you would have seen the vehicle that she was in, if you had a $100 bill, you would have bet it that nobody survived that wreck. 21 times the doctor declared Melinda dead. 22 times men of God put their hands on the wall of that hospital and spoke life. Melinda is alive today. I remember several years ago, a young man, just a couple years younger than me, we grew up together, and I was saddened to be reminded that I sold him his first ounce of marijuana. He proceeded to live a life of drugs, became horrifically hooked on heroin, was, was shooting, using heroin. Somehow, he heard that Pastor Ron was preaching somewhere in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And he came to that meeting. And that night when she gave an altar call, he went and gave his heart to God. We didn't know he was going to be there. He just came. A couple of days later, we got a phone call, and he said, I, I heard that you have a a restoration program can I come and, and be a part and, and, and he came got saved got delivered got filled with the Holy Ghost said no to drugs turned his back on drugs and begins to work a job and here he's been pretty much broke his whole life been pretty much on welfare his whole life he begins to tithe when he was about 35 years of age there was a knock on the door house he lived in he opened the door and there was a young lady 18 years of age he had never seen before in his entire life and the young lady said hello I'm your daughter you're my dad the state of California agreed and fined him $30,000 in child support one week later look at someone and say one week later another knock at the door a 19-year-old young man looked at Joey and said, Hey, I'm your son. The state of California agreed and fined him $25,000 in back child support. $55,000. Am I telling the truth? $55,000. I read the letter. I saw I saw all of the all of the paperwork. So, I mean, what do you tell somebody that's making minimum wage? That owes fifty-five thousand dollars. What do you? What do you? How do you? How do you? How do you even pastor somebody like that? And all I knew to do was say, Joey, you've been faithful in God's tithe. You've been faithful in your offerings. We're just going to believe God is going to turn this thing around. Look at somebody and say, ninety days later, 
he received two letters one from the state of California and one from the state of Oregon both of them canceled the debt in its entirety somebody needs to get excited not that God judges anybody but we do and our mindset is if God can bless a burnout drug addict that's wasted most of his life and working for minimum wage and, and bless him with $50,000, if God would do it for them, then he most certainly would do it for us. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed. If you are here today and you're away from God, if you're here today and you're not walking in the blessing and the favor of the Lord, and today you have sensed something, there's just been a joy without a bottle, there's, a, there's been peace without a needle. There's good times here without a drink. I said, you know what? I, I don't know what that's all about. But I don't want to leave here empty. I don't want to leave here frustrated. I, I don't want to leave here depressed. I want what this church has. I want what these people want, have. I want to be a part of the things of God. If that's where you're at, I'm here to tell you, God wants to change your destiny today. God wants you to put you back on that path he has for you. It's not a path where you're, you're, immune, from, you're immune from pains and problems. But it's a path that whatever you go through, all of heaven goes through it with you. And all of heaven is there to respond when you call. If you're away from God and you're not where you need to be with the Lord. And today, Pastor Hank, don't embarrass me. Don't call, call me out. Don't send anybody to me. But I want to be honest with God today. I am unhappy and I want God in my life. If that's your desire, just put your hand up. Just put it right back down. Yes, 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 yes. How many hands God saved? God bless you guys. Took a lot of courage to come to this church not knowing what was going to happen, but I believe that God divinely ordained you to be here this morning. Church, can we just, under our breath, just begin to agree and thank the Lord that the blood will never lose its power. It's still able to reach. It's still able to deliver. It's still able to set free. Those of you that lifted your hand as you made a choice to lift your hand, serving God is a choice. Does it mean you're immune from problems? Does it mean that you're always going to say or think the right things? But what it means is that you no longer belong to the world. That you now have a shepherd that's watching over you. And you now have a new song in your mouth where it was once a song of blues and depression. You're now a child of God. You're a part of the family of God. And you can expect heaven to respond when you pray. You can expect angels to go when you, when you send them. You can expect light to shine when you ask it to. Father, in Jesus' name, those that lift their hand, we agree right now that we are sinners and we have fallen short. But today we acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior and we ask you to come into our heart. Come in such a way, the way that a flash flood would fill a canyon, that it would wash everything out, that only water would remain. Come in in such a way that the brilliance of your power and the brilliance of your anointing would overshadow every dark area of our life and we would be free. Come in such a way that we would feel the embrace of a heavenly father that would hold us close, so close that we can feel his breath on our neck. Come in such a way that we leave this place no matter what the accuser of the brethren says in the parking lot, no matter what he says tomorrow morning. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come into our heart, wash away our sins. We acknowledge our failure 
We acknowledge our mistakes and our sins, and we thank you for the blood of your Son that blots out those mistakes and makes us brand new like a butterfly, like a bird out of prison, like a coffin that explodes open with life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise?